You're listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Hi, everyone. This is Dr. Tracy Jones. Welcome to the Tremendous Leadership Podcast, Leaders on Leadership, where we pull back the curtain on leadership and talk to tremendous leaders from all over the world about what it takes to actually pay the price of leadership. And today, I am so excited because my guest is Mike Searock Sirocco. And Mike is the founder of What Are You Made Of? The Movement, and he's also host of the podcast, What Are You Made Of? with Mike Searock. He has inspired hundreds of thousands of people to use setbacks as rocket fuel for their comeback. Mike is also the division manager of Nations Lending, and this is a residential mortgage company, and he and his three best friends have built this, and it is one of the most profitable divisions within Nations Lending from the ground up. I cannot wait to hear about this. And he's been assisting home buyers finance the purchase of their dream homes. His passion is helping others, whether it's his employees, partners, or clients. Mike Searock, the man, the legend. Thank you so much for being a guest on my show. Thank you for having me. First of all, I always start every show that I go on with gratitude because I'm so humbled and thankful to have the opportunity to share with people and inspire people. And first of all, just thank you very much, Dr. Tracy, for having me. You are so welcome, C-Rock. And Mike actually reached out to me. Was it on LinkedIn? Were you connected with I me? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, that's one of the places where we go and try to find people just to build relationships with. So. Isn't that cool? So to all our leaders out there, you make sure there's tons of tremendous people looking for advocates and resources and collaborators and advocates and all that stuff. You make sure you get on LinkedIn. But Mike, I'm so excited. Now, you want me to call you Mike or you want me to call you C-Rock? You can call me whatever you want, but my friends call me C-Rock. So you can I call like C-Rock. Just don't call you late for dinner, right? Yeah, that's right. That's right. <laughs> that's an old like Three Stooges joke or something. No, like I that. love it. I'm, I say that sometimes. Actually. I'm like old slapstick. Okay. Well, C-Rock, today we're talking about something very serious, and that is the price of leadership. And my father wrote a book many, many years ago. It was a transcript that I did from one of his favorite speeches, his most requested speeches called The Price of Leadership. My dad was very pragmatic. He was not theoretical. He was all grit, all heart. And he talks about what it really takes to pay the price of leadership. And there's four things that he talks about. And the first of these, we've all heard the phrase, it's lonely at the top. But he talks about the loneliness that a leader will inevitably experience. Can you share for our listeners what this means to you in your journey? You've been very successful. You've built this business. But what does loneliness mean to you as a leader? And maybe a word for some of our listeners that are maybe in a season of loneliness. Well, first of all, loneliness is something that I've experienced growing up quite a bit because I came from a broken home mm-hmm. and I don't remember my parents ever together. There were seven other brothers and sisters that I had, but they were all half brothers and sisters. But being around all those people and being the only child that had the same parents, well, yeah, the same specifically parents. Right. I always had a sense of loneliness because it seemed like a lot of times as I was a kid that some of the conflicts were taken out on me. Mm. And it's a weird thing, man, but I just felt lonely a lot of times. And so I think I went through a stage in my life where I felt codependent, I guess is the term, where I felt Mm. like I had to have people around me all the time. But then also I got used to being lonely. And then I figured out a way to take things like being lonely, negativity, setbacks, difficulties, which I think loneliness is a difficulty and converting it into fuel. So when I went to become a leader, my mom, by the way, leadership, I think starts when you start to influence people, right? And my mom told me at a young age, hey, you're a leader. Before I was even a leader, you're a leader. You're going to lead people. You're a leader. You're a leader. And I just kept hearing that even before I was actually a leader. So I started to believe it before I saw it. And so that's where it was ingrained in me. And then 
going forward and understanding that being a leader, it's a big responsibility to carry. I think I became really, really comfortable with being alone. But it's so true because what happens is, is that when I have to get on people to hold them accountable, so to speak, and call people out when I see that they're not pulling their weight or not doing what they agreed and gave me permission to hold them accountable for, sometimes you feel like you're alone. I don't know how to describe it any other way besides that. I mean, a lot of times I feel like I'm being a jerk sometimes holding people mm-hmm. accountable. I'm being transparent here, by the way. So sometimes leaders won't share this stuff, but- No, I appreciate that. Too yeah. hard on the people? Am I being too hard on them? Yeah. And then you get into this world where nobody really understands what you're going through because you're the one holding them accountable. Right. So I, I definitely can feel that. I don't know the answer besides you got to get used to it. Right. No, C-Rock, I so appreciate that. And I appreciate your transparency. And I can remember my dad, it's funny, it was your mom that said, hey, this is what you are. It was my dad who told me that as just a young Mm -hmm. child, like there's something different about you. And he said it in so many words. I don't think he used the L word, but I knew what it meant because he was a leader. But it was cool because that let me know at a young age, I'm kind of cut from a different cloth. So if I don't appear to fit in with everybody else, it's okay because there's something different about me. Did you right. kind of feel that way too? Yeah, okay. I did. I mean, and by the way, I wanted to ask you before I go into this further, as your dad was doing this as a profession, sometimes I feel like I don't do good enough at home when I'm helping other clients and helping them. It's like the old roofers, roofs leaking, right? Right. So did you experience that? I'm switching this around on you real quick. But well, I no, know. I really appreciate that. He would say that he drew so much energy and content from his family But if we're going to be completely transparent here, I think that is where he felt like he failed the most as far as leadership, because he was so always busy pouring out with everybody else. I can relate to that. You come from a lot of siblings. I come from a lot of siblings. There are those of us that don't need a lot of care and feeding. We're just kind of telling me I'm a leader. Okay, (laughs) let's get the lead. But there's other of my siblings that it was tougher for. So I think it's all about how resilient and adaptive the child is. And my dad really came from a broken home like you. Mother abandoned him, poverty, flunked out of school, felt stupid, really marginalized a lot, but was like, I'm still going to own it. So I'm glad you said that. I think as leaders, we do often wonder if I'm pouring so much into the outside, what about my own home base? Yeah. And I think I tend to see that. And my wife questions me a lot. She keeps me in check. I've been married almost 18 years. And she questions me and I get defensive sometimes like, yo, wait a minute. And then I got to step back for a second and say, wait a minute, you know what? Let me analyze that. And that is something that I feel constantly that I need to continue to work on. We do. Yeah. And I'm just newly married. Okay. So I got to learn not to do my own thing. Thank you so much. But Peter Greer was on another one of my podcasts and he's the one that started Compassion International and just a phenomenal. And he said, and he's a man of God and he was so honest. And he said, His wife finally said to him, I know you're saving the world and you're bringing glory to God, but you've lost me and I won't leave you, but we're done. Because he was so fixated on changing the world, he forgot the greatest thing that you can change is your own family and those nearest to you. And this is a big guy. So thank God that you have a wife that is open and honest with you. And thank God that you're a husband that's open to receive that. We're constantly cross-checking each other. Yeah, 100%, man. And I am blessed and thankful that I have her to do that for me as much as it might be difficult for her because she wants to support my mission. Right, but it's all balance. Right. It's a healthy balance. Well, And the other thing you talked about, I love that you talked about when you're holding people accountable. Believe it or not, C-Rock, I'll be completely transparent with you too. I've had leaders tell people on the show, tell me, hey, no, there is no loneliness. And I'm like, come on, surely... 
you have had to tell people and be the hammer. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Otherwise, why are you there? If everybody does everything right 100% of the time, you're drawing a salary for I'm not sure what. Mm -hmm. And there's vision casting, but if you don't hold people accountable, and I'm sorry, we're all human and we'll all look for shortcuts or kind of lose our edge. Um, So I really appreciate you saying that. That is a lonely part of leadership because sometimes we feel like we're having to not police everybody, but we're having to be the black hat. And we don't like that as leaders. No, I know. You know what? The people that say it's not lonely to me, I think that they may be very successful, but that doesn't mean they couldn't be more successful. I think to me personally, they're probably trying to be more friends and worried about being liked than being a leader. Right. And they may say, well, I'm this successful. And again, this isn't against anybody in particular. I know that. But let's say, well, you're here, but if you were really leading and to the point where you had to feel alone because you had to isolate someone to really help them achieve something and hold them accountable, maybe you would be way up here. You know, so that's the thing. Oh, that's a beautiful point. Right. And I was prior military. So I talked to a lot of prior military and it's kind of funny because the military people are all like, oh no, you got (laughs) to lay it down and say, hey, you did not fulfill the needs of the mission and something must be done. So it's kind of funny because they're always like, oh no, you're constantly evaluating people and measuring them. I mean, there's the empowering, but there's also the responsibility. So leadership is, yes, I want to build you up, but if you're not cutting the mustard, we got to have a talk here yeah. uh, because something's got to change. So thank you for being transparent about that. Yeah. Because I think sometimes as leaders, I remember reading this stuff about leaders, they just influence and they bring out the best in people. And I'm like, but what if it's a two-way street, just like your wife telling you something. You were open to hear that. You didn't go, I don't care, this my way, the highway. Because otherwise, that would not be a good leadership, followership, husband, wife dynamic. So I really appreciate you sharing that. Yeah. No. And by the way, when you're leading people, a lot of times people are afraid to say something or guide people in the right direction because they're worried about what they'll think or they may leave or what have you. And at the end of the day, if you're not holding people accountable, that you first of all made sure that aligned with your goals and your team's goals, and they gave you permission to hold them accountable, you're doing more harm than good. And a lot of people don't realize that. And Brandon Dawson is a mentor of mine. And Brandon talks about, which he gets his information from all his mentors. It's been passed down the line, right? But he always talks about the fact of leader's job is to make people success easier. Mm-hmm. And so that's something that runs through my head constantly. How can I make my team's success easier? How can I make their lives easier? Right. It's not about being a boss. It's about like showing something that, oh, maybe they didn't see this way before. And that's something that sticks with me quite often. I love it. And I love that you're focused on not just having it be successful, but Uber, as successful as it can be. And we all know there's no lid on that. There's No. no So we're put here for a reason, right? We're put here. We all have a purpose. And the other thing is we're put here by our creator, whatever anybody believes, I believe in God, but I believe that we all have a potential, a certain potential. And none of us know what that potential is. And if we're not going to go up and keep going up and chasing whatever it is, once we hit a goal and go to the next thing, to me, it's a slap in the face to my creator. Yeah, That's the way I view it. And so I really feel like that's something that drives me every day is the fact that I got to reach for that for that purpose. It's not about greed. A lot of people that quit on themselves will call other people greedy or obsessed with money or success or achievement or whatever the case is. It's not about that. We're put here to build and create and achieve things to a certain level, which I don't know what that level is. It's not for me to know until I, I don't know when, but I just keep going. And I don't want to ever disrespect that. That's just the way I view it. Mm -hmm. And I love that. Okay. So we talked about loneliness. Now, the next thing my dad talked about, Hey, if you're going to be in leadership, 
it's going to be wearisome. And if you're going to be doing anything worthwhile, there are going to be times, and you kind of touched on this, where there's people doing more than their share, people doing less than their share. But how do you stay refreshed? C-Rock, I know you talked about, hey, making sure the chain is strong across all the links, but how do you stay at top fighting for them? Well, I believe that you got to take care of your body. A lot of people do not focus on that. And I approach everything with the same vigor and rocket fuel, like working out. When I'm in the gym, I press the limits. I believe you got to press the limits in all aspects of your life. And so I think that starting with when I first wake up in the morning, my eyes open, I'm gracious. I'm thankful that I woke up and I really look and say, man, I have fingers. Some people don't have hands. I wiggle my toes, which is corny maybe, but man, I have, all right, let's go. I got to hop out of bed because I got to use these legs. Hmm. That's what goes through my head. And then I hit the gym. And when I go to the gym, I hit it with intention that I need to improve. It's not just to maintain my body. It's not just to get my heart rate up. It is to go hard and try to improve in some way. Doing that and seeing what I achieve in there extends beyond the gym into my relationships, my work everything that I'm trying to accomplish because I see what I can achieve there and how I push through limits. Okay, well, let's try to push through limits here. Mm-hmm. So to me, I forgot your question now, but I was on the- Weariness and how you stay refreshed. Oh, oh, so to stay yeah. refreshed is that yeah. I just continue to take care of myself yeah. so that I'm in the best possible shape. And I didn't always have the means, but I figured out ways to travel to inspirational places. Like I liked Miami, I like the weather, who doesn't? But yeah. I like the big buildings- I like the boats. I like the car. I'm not into boat, like buying a boat or buying a car for myself. Like I'm not into that, but just seeing that it's possible and seeing what people have that it maybe not is where I live right now inspires me. So I do those kind of things to keep. I love that. Yes. That's a a great way to look at a refreshment. Go to things that draw, that inspire you. A lot of people talk about nature, but I'm all about the body's a temple. You can't run the race strong and finish the race strong if you're not taking care of this incredibly, amazingly resilient thing that will take care of itself if you just do, right. just do little things for it. Yeah. All right. Okay. So weariness. The next thing my dad talked about was abandonment. And I know abandonment, it tends to have a negative connotation, but in the context of the price of leadership, my dad would always say, we need to abandon what we like and want to think about in favor of what we ought and need to think about. So he kind of looked at it as more of a clarity or a focus. Yeah. How do you, C-Rock, stay focused? I'm sure you're like a lot of entrepreneurs out there. Your brain's firing. You got a million things. You got people calling, wanting a piece of you. How do you stay on point? So that's awesome that he was talking about that. And I talk about my kryptonite being complacency. And when you think about what you want to think about and what you enjoy thinking about, that's being comfortable and being complacent. And so I love that. And I think that what I love to do is I talk about removing all obstacles. If I have somewhere I want to go or something I want to achieve, I need to identify the obstacles and remove all obstacles or convert them into rocket fuel like I've been talking about recently. And so that's huge. Here's an example. I just told my wife this morning, you know, hon, I'm a big Eagles fan. I'm a big football fan. I used to be anyway. Mm -hmm. And for some reason, now the Eagles stink this year, but I still get into football usually and I watch something. But for some reason, my purpose and my intention right now is on something bigger that it's totally taken away from my thoughts towards football during football season. And that's really crazy to think about because, and by the way, golf too. I play golf. I'm a low handicap golfer. I used to play, I don't want to admit this, three times a week. (laughs) And I play once a month, if that now, because I just don't have, I stopped doing just like what he's talking about. I redirected my focus on what are my goals and what I want to achieve instead of the things that I really 
and I still think you need to take some time to go to those things too. Sure. But it's just crazy how the interest isn't there anymore. Well, I love that. And I love that you said redirect because a lot of people are like, well, I'm just not very focused. I'm just not that kind of a person. Oh, you are. I'm not either. But it's all about priorities. And if I'm being very disciplined, I love that you said that. I mean, the habits I had five years ago, I've completely shifted a lot of stuff and got more diligent about, okay, what do I really want to, and that fire in the belly for stuff that used to occupy my mind, it's just not there anymore. You you kind of fall out of love with that stuff. Why? Because you've fallen in love with something else, a new passion. Yeah. And a lot of times too, it has to do with the people that are associated with those activities or thinking Mm -hmm. or what have you, that those people may not be destined for the journey that you're on. Uh Uh-huh right? And they may not be supporting the journey that you're on. And so there's an audit that goes on in my mind, a lot of the people that I'm around, which everybody's heard about that. Yeah. Like who's in your crew and all that, but also the thoughts that go through my head, I audit the activities that I'm doing. Are they going towards where I want to go or taking me away from where I want to go? And I'm very conscious of that. And that's helped me big time. I love that. I love that you do a mental audit because a lot of people are just like, and I'm like, oh no, 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 no. You control you control your thought processes. Okay. And I love that you talked about traveling partners too, because I think as you suit up to climb different peaks, not everybody who was along for that journey, or you may need a different Sherpa or guide to get you up to the next level. So everything's kind of always in transition. You have to be comfortable with change. Yeah. I mean, I think when it comes to my spouse, for example, people talk about growing apart. And I think that you need to grow together as a couple, but then you have friends that you either, it's the same way you grow together or you grow apart and it's an intentional act, but there's going to be times where you're going to have to separate from people. And I'm not talking about your spouse because I believe in figuring a way to work that out and growing together, but friends or acquaintances or things like that, you're going to have to make tough decisions because some people aren't going to support you where you want to go. And are you going to make the decision to allow them to steal from you and or not. That's a decision you have to make. And it's kind of sounds harsh to some people that you have to make those decisions. But at the end of the day, you got to figure out if you really want something, are you going to remove all, and I say all, all obstacles? Because so many people are limited by the obstacles that they're not willing to remove, just like your dad was talking about with the thoughts. Well, you just eloquently said what abandonment was. And you got to abandonment what no longer serves you. And as you evolve as a person, that's going to be different things. And so Yeah. If somebody's in your life occupying time and not contributing to that, sometimes it does sound harsh, but it's just, it's not a good fit anymore. I say that people want to hang out with me, find out what I'm interested in going towards and accomplishing, creating and building and encourage that or be a part of that. that. That's how you can be around me and hang out with me. I love it. C-Rock. Excellent. Okay. (laughs) The last point he talked about was vision. And a lot of times, uh, I remember when I was a young leader, I'd hear vision. I'm like, well, I'm kind of a realist. I don't know if I have this vision thing, but my dad was like, vision is just seeing what needs to be done and doing it. I think some people have vision, but they never actually take action and execute. Uh, But what does vision mean to you? And how do you continue to hone your vision for your business? So I think one thing to me, vision needs to be big because I mentioned this before, we don't know what our potential is. Okay. So when you start to have a vision of something, you generally tend to go towards what you can believe in that's currently happening or happened in the past. And to me, what I've learned over the last few years is that I need to go beyond that. I need to really imagine that I have the opportunity to do whatever I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Obviously, physically, we can't fly with our, like flapping our arms, okay? We have certain physical limitations, but to accomplish what we want to accomplish by flying, we can do that. Mm-hmm. Mentally, though, mentally, there's unlimited potential 
we don't know what's possible. So vision to me has to be bigger than like my mentor, Grant Cardone talks about 10X. You got to go big. You have to go big with your vision. And then secondly, from there, one of the things that we talk about this a lot with, I'm trying to think, I was thinking of one particular thought regards to uh, my book I was just writing about when it came to vision. It'll come back to me, but I lost my train of thought with it. Sorry. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> I, have, I have a good one, but I just lost it. I don't know. What was the thing you said about vision again? Oh, just vision. And you were talking about going beyond and Grant Cardone and that vision is just really seeing what needs to be done. So how do you, it sounds like you're reading great books, you're hanging out with people, yeah, you yeah. hear yourself, but how do you get your future lens on? How do you go to the next big thing? By the way, that was a setback right there. And watch how I turn this into fuel. Yeah, so, right. <laughs> so vision, big vision, and then the action that follows the vision is what matters. Yes. So I tell my team all the time too, like if we're trying to accomplish something, we need to figure out what it is we want with no limitations. Don't put anything limitations. Don't matter if you're going to get there. It doesn't matter how you're going to get there. We don't even care about that right now. Okay. We just want to know what you want. Mm-hmm. Let's figure out what we want really, like really, like what really sets you off, what moves your needle. And then what happens is, is that if we have that big enough and it's enough excitement and it moves that needle, you'll be willing to do anything to get it, right? Because there's going to be the setbacks and letdowns. There's going to be all these things that we're going to come across. We got to proactively plan our vision to be big enough to be able to overcome the hurdles and setbacks and everything that we can't anticipate happening. That's what I was going to say. I love it. And okay, so I love it. Move the needle forward. And then, yeah, you do. Once you get that singular focus, you become so emboldened that then you become relentless and you don't listen to the naysayers. You don't listen to, sometimes you can't even sleep because it's just, it's a passionate, it's not an obsession, but you become, well, maybe it is an obsession. You just get so clear and I mean, that's when life takes up. But I love it. I think it's in, I did a critical thinking seminar and I think it's called abductive thinking. It's when you think and there is no limits. It's beyond thinking outside the box. You don't even know the word box. You just think about in the realm of the ideal, unlimited possibilities. And I love that you start there and say, because I think a lot of people, as you so eloquently pointed out, I still see myself as past Tracy. And so I don't know where future Tracy can be. And so how do we get out of our own minds and ignite this God seed in all of us? Because I like you believe it's there because that has the potential to be anything in the world. And we don't even know. We haven't even begun to crack that code. Well, I think that I watch Elon Musk. I watch Bill Gates and Steve Jobs and man, all these people that have achieved such big things in business, right? And I'm thinking to myself, if they at some point were ordinary guys, just ordinary guys, and they had an idea and they just got maniac obsessed about it. And then I do that sometimes where I'll get a little discouraged because I'm not making the progress that I want in something. And or somebody's discouraging me like, they're not being supportive of us as I want them. I'll tell them accomplishment that I had. I spoke to so-and-so, this guy. I spoke to an NBA player in an interview and, and I want to tell my friend about it because I'm so excited. And then they, they're just like, eh, or they don't even respond to the text or something like that. And I think to myself, man, what do I got to do? And then I think if I stop now, I won't be able to accomplish what my Bill Gates thing is, my Steve Jobs thing is. There's something out there. I don't know what it is exactly yet, but there's something out there that's going to happen. I know it. I'm going to hit a home run that's going to have impact. Mm-hmm. And if I stop and get discouraged and give up, I won't get it. Right. And I'll just be like everyone else. So that's the thing that rolls through my head a lot. I think about the people that have achieved big things and then the fact that they went through the same things we all go through with discouragement and difficulties, but they just kept pressing. Well, it's the old Bum Phillips quote, the only form of discipline that lasts is self-discipline. It's nice to have a cheering section and fans. And some days I have them, other days I got the haters, but 
self-motivation, if you can stay on point and draw that internal fuel to keep you going, because I don't care if you are Steve Jobs or whoever you talked about, there were, I'm sure, many times where everybody poo-pooed on them and said, yeah, no, but we can't stop with that. Yeah, no. And for somebody like your father, for example, that did what he did, I just love to know some of the things that went through his head as he was going through his journey to be the success that he was and what he did. And I always like to examine that. I do. Well, yeah. And that's what I really study is what is it that ignites people? Why do some people fade away and other people get up and fight? And for him, it was three things. It was the love of my mother, his life partner. It was the love of the insurance industry sales that let him know. And he had wonderful mentors, Christian businessmen that said, Charlie, as much as you want to put in in sales, you can get tenfold out. And number three, it was when he had a personal relationship with Christ, when he knew, forget my biological family. Not that if you had a good one, great. I did. But in his, it was deep wounds. He didn't have to claim that anymore. And so those are the three things that really poured into him and let him know it's not where I started from. It's not nature or nurture. It's life. And it's who you surround yourself with. And it's what you pour your life into, either yourself or a higher calling. So yeah, that for yeah. him was, that was it. Yeah. I love that. Yeah. I absolutely love that. Excellent. That's All right. Awesome. C-Rock. Well, listen, tell me what else, whether we haven't talked leadership wise. I know you talked about, you said you have a new book, Rocket Fuel coming out. Can you tell us? A yeah. Little? Rocket Fuel's coming out. And I want to share one thing on leadership real quick, because oh, this please, is something that's what I'm going to tie back. Yes. Yeah. This is something that I've implemented in our group, Nations Lending. We've seen 800% increase in our business over the last three years. And it all changed when I developed the idea. And everybody knows this, I think. I take it for granted sometimes that some people may not, but culture is your foundation. Mm-hmm. And so when I got into this new company that we were working in, we focused on four pillars for our leadership and our culture. And this is something that changed everything for us. Number one was having that big vision that we talked about and making sure that we understood what our team individuals' visions were, made sure they aligned. If they didn't align, we have a conflict and we got to figure out how to get in alignment or you have to go work somewhere else, nothing personal. Right. And so that was number one is big vision and alignment. Number two was gratitude. Like gratitude, people talk about it all the time so much to the fact that nobody really understands why gratitude's important. But gratitude eliminates anything to complain about. When you're thankful and you're telling your creator or your universe or whatever you believe in that you want more of what you're thankful for. And then anything that you had to complain about goes away. And what happens is that we had a lot of animosity in our group between our producers and our processors in the mortgage industry. There was animosity and conflict. And how do we solve that? By expressing gratitude in our meetings. Mm. We would go through and start the meeting with, we name a person, what they did the week before, they went above and beyond. Animosity disappeared and people started to feel appreciated. So gratitude was number two. Number three was unlimited income potential. To me, a leader should be able to help others change their lives. And if they're not in a sales position, not by giving them higher salaries and all that, but providing like an opportunity for them to have unlimited income potential. And what I mean by that is our salespeople can sell as much as they want and you train them and they can have unlimited income potential. But what about the people that aren't in sales and get commission? and they're on salary and what have you. Do you encourage those people to go out and help the business bring in revenue and reward them for that? And so that's what we've done. We've created opportunity for our people that aren't in sales to go out and be salespeople as well and ask for business. And in turn, it helps change the financial situation for their family, one. Number two, the company, the revenue that that's brought in, not just coming from sales, has helped pay for salaries, which allowed us to hire more to provide better customer service. So that was number three. And then number four was we accountability. My mentor, Brandon Dawson, talks about this a lot. You have to work on yourself as a leader first 
before you can help others. And then secondly, then you help the team, which is we accountability and provide an environment, create an environment of basically team leaders that the whole team holds each other accountable. Right. Those four pillars, when I took the lead and implemented those four pillars into our business, our business skyrocketed and we just grew like a weed in a good way, not a negative connotation of a weed. Yeah, a good weed. um, And so I wanted to share that with you on that. And uh, you mentioned Rocket Fuel. Rocket Fuel is a book that I was going to name what he made of like my podcast, but it didn't have the punch that Rocket Fuel does. And I know there's another entrepreneurial book. This isn't an entrepreneurial book that I'm writing. There's an entrepreneurial book called Rocket Fuel. This one is about turning setbacks into Rocket Fuel. Meaning, and I say rocket on purpose, not just regular fuel, because rocket fuel is the only thing I know that can get you into space. And when you're in space, you're away from other people's problems that they just throw at you. You get to pick your problems that you choose to solve. It's not anybody else's problems that just thrown upon your plate. And you're away from gravity, which is all those negative suppressing things that pull you back from away from your dreams. So rocket fuel is my story. The things that I went through, the tells the stories about being around broken people and how I was able to convert those things to propel myself into my future and where I'm going. And I'm excited to get that into people's hands. It's available for pre-sale right now at mikecrock.com forward slash book. That's mikecrock.com forward slash book with no K. C-Rock with no K. I love it, C-Rock. Okay, so now where can people get in touch with you? Because I know a lot, of, a lot of our listeners, we talked about on LinkedIn, but what is the best way to get in touch with you, Mike? LinkedIn, I'm all over the place. I'm not really hard to find. I did that on purpose. LinkedIn, Facebook, and Instagram, at Mikey C-Rock on Instagram. I love Instagram. It's one of my favorites. I love engaging with people in the DMs, the direct message section. Yeah. And if you've looked me up on there, I have a great following, but I love to engage and I will not shy away from you if you send me a message. I love that. And your podcast, tell the folks too what the name of that is again. What are you made of? What, what are you are made, made of? of? And that's about just self-affirmation talk. I do a lot. I talk to myself a lot. Maybe I'm crazy, but when I'm, things are tough, I always say, what are you made of? Look at all the stuff you've been through. You got this. So I started sharing my story and then I encouraged other people to do that. So then people wanted to come on the show to share their story. And it just became a hit. And I actually loaded up too many episodes where I was like, I had so many in the can that I couldn't record more. I felt bad because they were taking so long to get out, releasing two a week. So yeah, check it out. That's a good one. I have some really good entrepreneurs on there and some great stories of people that have used their setbacks as fuel for their success. I love it. Hey, and the four points you mentioned at the end, is that that vision alignment, gratitude, unlimited income potential, and we accountability, is that part of rocket fuel or where can we find more on that? Yeah, that's in the book. That's in the book too. I write about that in the book and how I came up with that along with numerous other things, but that's leadership is a big part of the book for sure. Okay. And so they can get the pre-release now. Excellent. Be looking for that. Well, at least we got the four cornerstones so we can start working at it as we wind, wind this year to a close. But C-Rock, thank you so much for taking time to share with the leaders. I wrote down a ton of notes. And as always, I just, you really spoke to me. I mean, there were a couple of things you. you said that really hit me. So I thank you for that word of confirmation and affirmation. Thanks so much for sharing with all the leaders out there too. Thank you for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. I'm very, very, very thankful. You're welcome. And you have a blessed Thanksgiving, C-Rock. We got a lot to be thankful for. I know this will come out after that, but we're still thankful, right? That's right. (laughs) I love it. Okay. And to our listeners out there, thank you so much for being part of the Tremendous Tribe. If you like what you heard, be sure and hit the subscribe button. Make sure you go over to C-Rock's too and subscribe to his as well. And do us the honor of a five-star rating. Also reach out, send us a note. And if you liked also what you heard, don't just be a listener, go over to TremendousLeadership.com and become a subscriber and you get two free weeks of eBooks. So to our Tremendous Leaders out there, Thank you so much for continuing to pay the price of leadership. 
We so value you. We're thankful for you being in our tremendous tribe, part of the tremendous legacy. Have a tremendous rest of the day. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Tremendous Leadership with Dr. Tracy Jones. Find out more about Dr. Jones at www.tremendousleadership.com. If you've been ignited by something you heard in this episode, let us know by leaving a review for Tremendous Leadership wherever you listen to podcasts or by sending us a message through www.tremendousleadership.com. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.